Hello and welcome to So Farscape. A fun-filled Farscape fan cast by a fervent fan. And a fresh-faced first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And this, this is The Story, story so, so Farscape. Farscape. Almost, almost. So, The Story So Farscape is about an American astronaut. John gets- Creighton. John Crichton. Crichton, yes. Well, no, like his name is Crichton, not yeah. Creighton. It's a different name. Cretin. And then Crichton is the fun nickname. That oh, we'd... okay. Have you missed it this entire... Like, no, I I'm, thought you were I'm, maybe doing it on purpose. I'm terrible with names. You know that. Okay, but but it sounds like you, you actually know his name. You're Cretin. just saying it weird. Crichton, rather than Crichton. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you know like the writer, Michael Crichton? Oh, I don't think I've read any of his books. Oh, really? No. Oh, uh, Jurassic Park, uh, Andromeda Strain, I think, was one of his. Like, yeah. he was a medical doctor and a climate change denier. Okay. So, well, mm. yeah, it just shows that you get all kinds. Hey, what do you call the robot from Red Dwarf? No, oh, no, wait. I want to say Holly, but that's not... That's the, no, that's the, that's that's the hologram. That's computer. the computer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the robot. Oh, uh... Creighton? No. no. It's K-R-Y-T-E-N. How do you make Crichton, Crichton, Crichton out that's of... The, I, I can remember. I just knew, knew it started with K-R. I thought I'd give you a little mnemonic, but uh, apparently that... that does, okay, that, so does, we'll, that doesn't help. Well, we'll I'll, I got your back, buddy. Okay, we'll, so we'll, him uh, and Zahn and uh, Tentacles and Earbrows uh, are all uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. on the ship, the living ship. Very Moria, good. Along with Pilot, who uh, we must not forget. Uh, and they're looking for... I mean ostensibly looking for a way home. Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, they are the only ones looking for a way, ho- a way home because Erin, so the uh, uh, escaped and right. banished peacekeeper, she knows where her home is. Yes, and she knows she can't go there. So we've joked several times that, um, like, they didn't seem to, especially Crichton, doesn't really seem to be trying to get home a lot. No. You have uh, star charts. And that finally changes. It does. Uh, and apparently not just him alone. So I was very curious while watching this. Um, in the original airing, TV airing order, when this, did this episode come along? You know, we're actually kind of on track again. Because okay. it, was, it was just mostly the first five that were ordered or that were, that were, that were aired really weird out of order. Like, okay. And then we had, thank God it's Friday again yes. with uh, the, the forced labor, mind control, PK tech girl, that old black, black magic that we did mm-hmm. last week. Uh, and now DNA mad scientist. So right. yeah, so it was just the, the, like a case, I guess, where the network didn't have confidence in the early episodes and decided to like put a, a more action heavy one. Ka-tow, ka-tow, ka-tow. Little bolts of light. Uh, uh, first, in fact, like the very first episode of Farscape that aired was PK Tech Girl. Like it right. was a it was a oh, special wow. preview before the show started oh, properly to get people yeah, yeah to get people horny for the show. Because I would have imagined that this episode would have done quite well earlier on in the series. Because there was a lot of oh, stuff going yeah. on which I thought was rather out of character for a lot of the main characters. You know, that's an interesting thought. I mean, this would have worked well as a as like a second episode. Or a third episode, or just something where, where the, the personal relationship between the different characters hadn't been properly right, established yeah. yet. We're stuck together. And as long as we are, we might as well be... What? Family? Friends? <laughs> I want neither. There is a certain possibility there. I mean, it was directed by uh, by Andrew Prowse, who also did the uh, the first episode, uh-huh. uh, a bunch of other ones since then. But like, yeah, he he came back for this was his second episode, okay. and yeah, it might as well have been a continuation. It kind of felt like it. Yeah. So this is uh, uh, this is the ninth episode. Um, it's called DNA Mad Scientist, uh, written by Tom Blomquist. Not a name I think we've seen before or since. Sounds vaguely familiar. Does it? Yeah. Let maybe me see some other if things. He's 
No, it was a one-hit wonder. Okay. Only did this episode and uh, and didn't came come back versus Prowse, who did, uh, oh, one, two, three, four, ooh, I've got about 20 episodes in my little database here. Damn. I've got, got a handy little database. Yeah. Um, uh, and it aired on Friday, June 18th, 1999. Yes. And another thing, as we zoom back in our far back machine. <laughs> yes, uh, our from, from far back far. module. Yeah. <laughs> another TV series which aired around the same time was a famous spin-off series from oh. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It <gasps> Angel. Was Angel aired Angel. In, around oh, this my goodness. very same time as that a completely was... different type of series. Well, I mean, also leaning a lot on personal interactions yeah. between various characters, I suppose. And it was a, a wild and wondrous and and sort of alienating world. There Vampires, were some, though. Uh, a lot of other fun creatures as well. Yeah, true. Demons, uh, anything um, coming from the nether depths of wherever hell. Such as lawyers. Right. Yeah, I mean, there was, you know, I mean the, the major villain was uh, of, Wolfram and Hart. That's more of an uh, outpost, you know. It's like they're, they're pretty much half in there in hell anyway, so it yes. must be easier. <laughs> kind of like, it's, it's kind of like what you, you see in Constantine when they, like, uh, when he grabs a cat and the guy's like, oh, they're half in. good. Yes, <laughs> half in, half out. Half in, half out, yes. <laughs> oh, Angel was was great. Like, it was a very exciting time. I mean, I was a, I was a huge Buffy fan as a, as a young man. Uh, uh, Were you a buffer? I don't think that's what, no? Is that what they're called? I don't know. I just made that up, so I'd, I'd really doubt it if it was. <laughs> I mean, fanscaper sounds like a uh, sounds like a personal activity, as does buffering. Well, I've well, done yes. a fair bit of buffering over the over the years, so uh, yeah, maybe it's not maybe it's not unfair. Uh, but yeah, he was her he was her immortal love and star-crossed love, and 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 he was a vampire in there, and they were never meant to meet, and he went off to uh, Los Angeles to uh, to fight for his so soul it was, it, before Twilight was cool. I suppose it's like that whole thing. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I mean okay, Twilight was, oh, sorry, Twilight was never cool, but I mean, it was popular for a bit. Do you know, I actually, there were some aspects that I really liked about that first film, and that is, like, the interpersonal, like, the examination of the relationship between uh, uh, between the hero, what was her name, like, Be- Bella, Bella, Bellatrix, yeah. and her dad, and their utter failure to communicate their love for each other, they clearly do feel, but so they, they, they just alienate each other voluntarily even though they clearly care for each other like right. her friends as well they're 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 teenagers desperately in need of of uh, of connection and wanting to express themselves yeah. but they do it through this filter of sarcasm and and pretense because I mean, they're also insecure i guess that was the thing back then like it's a great character study for a Probably a total of about sixteen minutes. Because and then, then it's there's old, yes. yeah, the rest is all vampire and romance shit that I just yeah. really wasn't into because Buffy was way better at the no, vampire. I can and romance imagine shit. that. Yes, I you mean. can tweet me at SoFarscape and we'll and we'll argue this out. It's it's <laughs> it's totally fine. Oh, I remember how exciting that was uh, because when it came out. Um, I th- yeah, they were the, the they were airing in the same week, so you'd have a Buffy episode and an Angel episode. Oh. And sometimes there would be like crossover topics, or nice. Willow would say in in an episode of Buffy, "Oh, I'm going over to uh, uh, Los Angeles. How do you like my uh, Willow uh, impersonation that oh, I was doing there?" Sorry, it was all right. I mean, I, I, I almost uh, expect a reference to Bandcamp or something. <laughs> Willow Rosenberg. Oh God, yes, that was Alison Hannigan, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. And then relationships deteriorated between the channels on which. Uh, those shows were airing. Oh, oh and they, they were airing s- on different channels. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I think there was a split off that or something. That seems weird that, you, that, that a franchise like that would get split up right? over different broadcasting channels. You'd Not think that- quite sure how that yeah, went. Maybe if we ever do in, in, in six or seven years a program about that era of, of Buffy, I'll do some research and wow, uh, yes. catch you up on that. I wouldn't be able to 
watch it quite as fresh face since uh, I think I've seen the first two seasons of Buffy, but... Ah, uh, oh, heretic. It's been a long time. What? <laughs> I don't know. How, I mean, the second um, was, was so good. Was, How could you stop after that? I don't know. It just like didn't click no, into it. No, it didn't yeah. click you. Yeah, I get it. But how's how's Farscape treating you so oh, far? I'm, I'm loving it. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. It's definitely. Although, uh, well, we'll get to that about later about this episode. But okay, we, we kind of already touched a little bit on that just since we were talking about the uh, the interactions between the various characters, which I would have thought was more uh, appropriate for an earlier on episode. But uh, we'll, I we'll, think I get. We you. will extensively get to this point later on as we're discussing this episode. Let's get cracking. So, the show opens with a gorgeous shot of Moya drifting through an asteroid field oh, or something. They're or at all least so gorgeous. Close. Although it's much, I noticed that they didn't go with the amber light filter this time, and it's all more black and green out there now. She's blue, da ba dee da ba da <laughs> Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a huge break. Uh, 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 but yeah, this... So, we see this asteroid that she's, that she's orbiting a lot, because... Other than other than that, like there's not a lot of CGI in the uh, in this in this episode. Like it's uh, it's 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 in one location. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, a few obvious studio places and uh, yeah. So no exterior shots. You have uh, a bit of Rigel floating around because hey, I learned about how they did the sort of CGI budget. Yeah. So lots of these directors hadn't had a lot of experience doing big CGI things. No. It was Australia where they didn't do yeah. a lot of genre. Uh, and so it was sort of explained to them, like you get um, basically a, a, a casino chips. You get this many for an episode and oh, you yeah. can get like lots of little ones or a few big ones. And like little ones are uh, uh, like like laser blasts right. uh, where the camera is standing still yes. or like a bigger one is like uh, isolating a character or a, a huge space battle. Would yes. Be a, oh, that would be an enormous one. Yes. And so you can have, have like, like budget a little bit. Yeah, yeah to exactly. see what they can do. Okay. Yeah. Because I've noticed they haven't been using much or any you know, repeated stock footage like you would see back in the uh, Battlestar Galactica days where you they right, kept yeah. using the same few scenes from of Vipers in the from the original movies. Yes, and, and occasional just, flip them. Yeah, and, and that's like, oh, this time they <laughs> yeah. bent to the left and next time they're going to go to the right and then the, yep. the Cylon's going to get shot apart just before the Viper flies through the cloud. And it's like, you, I mean, you could dream those shots after a while. It's I like, literally oh, can. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, and also why all the Vipers, oh, none of the Vipers have any distinguishing markings. They yes. all look exactly the same. Yeah. Oh, funny that. <laughs> no tail so, numbers or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah, we have, I mean, it's really ominous. We've got all these deep shadows, which we haven't really seen before. Mm. Uh, 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 like, it's a, it's a cool-looking asteroid. It's all blue, and it's got a sort of atmosphere around. It's got these these clouds of right. vapor. It, it, it looked a bit, like, organic to me, to be honest. Yeah, right? Uh, well, I mean, that's, that's appropriate, because... I don't know if you can see it on the... We, we've got little screenshots that we use to remind ourselves. I don't think you can see it on here, but there is a huge-ass skeleton in the uh, in the asteroid. We'll see it again oh, later, I'm sure. Yeah, I didn't quite notice that, no. Uh, we do, however, then cut to a scene where John is getting stabbed in the eye. Cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. Wow, that looked so disturbing. Yeah, you got, I guess that when that took a few of those credit shits to make that look believable and not. Uh, yeah, right. Like the needle actually sort of and it and it and it sort of dimples his eye and his eyelid sort of twitches a little bit. Yeah, and it was, that must have taken some effort to take that shot. And what we have basically is Doctor Space Alien, the Grey Goblin, is like taking <laughs> apparently a DNA sample from the eye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is what I think of when I think of uh, 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 Farscape creature design. I yeah. think of Namtar. Yeah. Like this huge hulking dude on, on Roo boots. 
yes. with gigantic hands, probably for balance, uh, an well, enormous this was, head. This, this was the planet of the giant hands because, like, everybody here had huge hands. To be fair, I think I would have been more impressed if they'd used prosthetics to make someone's hands smaller. Well, that's more difficult. That's a lot more difficult, yes. <laughs> so I can sort of understand. But yeah, he's like... Look at this guy. So he's got a he's got an elongated sort of muzzle on the on the, on the front side. It's a bit like go- he's, he's got like these mandible things, which almost make him look like he's got a goatee and these huge yeah. ears sticking out the back, and he's got a with fleshy membranes, bit of a gem-like protrusion on his forehead. Yeah, and he's actually quite handsome, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, Sort of like Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Right. It's kind of a hunky, like, in the way that, like, a lion is beautiful and a, and a, and a leopard is a, is a gorgeous creature. Right, but this guy's a little bit more, you know, well, bold and grey-green. Yeah, but he's got, like, that intensity to his oh, yes. eyes and even though the skin is modelled. And, yeah, that sort of gem dome that you see on the, on the top of his head. See, what I think, that is the performer's actual head. And they sort of modelled, a, a, a like, a, a, yeah. the rest of the skull is much lower. It's much more oh, slanted. Could be. Yeah, yeah. But they so needed they some space his, for his... To put his forehead in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because his whole face is animatronic. Ah, yes, of you course. See, you, yeah, you, you notice that quite well. I won't say that you notice it obviously that he is uh, the audio is being put in in post, but the, right. But we're used l- to Rigel, so right, yes, there's a little bit of uh, lip syncing issues going. It's not no, it's not even lip syncing issues. It's just like when 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 he's speaking and like he's making a plosive sound like the P. You can just tell that lips the like lips that aren't cannot, closing. Cannot no, exactly. Make that sound like exactly. that. Yeah. <laughs> But other than that, like I thought, the the uh, uh, the body language. I know we we we're on the like the second shot of the show, yes. but we're we're totally obsessing over over Namtar. Now, just, well, I mean, like he is a very important character, and we, we mustn't forget his space nipple clamps. <laughs> yes. Didn't we meet at a party a few years back? He's wearing a very cute outfit, I must say. I liked it too. I actually have a note to propose that this episode be called In the Kink of an Eye. <laughs> very good. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, actually, I had a note before that with uh, uh, with another proposal for the name because it is uh, Andrew Prowse's second episode and his first one was the pilot episode. Yeah. The pilot episode was called Premiere. It was also called uh, Through the Eye of a Needle. Yeah. And now this one can be called Needle Through the Eye. Ah, yes. Part uh-huh. two. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> uh, okay, well... Uh, I'll just leave the naming to the uh, to the experts. But yes, Dr. Namtar is collecting DNA material from our intrepid heroes. Yeah, and uh, uh, Crichton com- complains, like, couldn't you take, like, a nail clipping or something? Oh, if I was limiting myself to the double helix, then it's... I thought that which was makes, so cool. Like, okay, so... I mean, is there other are there other properties to the DNA? Although, interestingly enough, apparently other aliens also have DNA. There's no way my DNA is inside those things. <laughs> Apparently, it works on a similar basis, or yeah, I could have thought that DNA was would be a Earth thing, and that like other species have different ways. I mean, it may, unless right. we all, unless we all come from some galactic source, you know. But if I can analyze its DNA, perhaps we can understand why it's here. So DNA stands for deoxyribonucleic acid, which is yeah. a particular uh, uh, amino acid, which is a particular like organic compound, and like I don't think there's any reason to believe why everyone in the universe would have the same chemical exactly. foundation. So maybe this is the Babel bugs at work. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right? Maybe maybe they're talking about, like, the molecular uh, uh, blueprint and, and enzyme factory from which your bodies yeah, are made. That makes sense, yeah. Which in humans is DNA, but yeah. in somebody else's case might be. And maybe, you know... Maybe Crichton doesn't know the chemical composition. He just knows the word DNA. And then yeah. the bugs sort of hunt through his memory and go, oh, there's one. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, yes. that's close enough. 
And apparently uh, there's a little bit of uh, quibbling over who's going to be next, uh, because... Because uh, Dargo, he's a scary cat. He's a bit of a pussy, yes. Yeah. You go next. Erin, like, she, she says, park it in the, uh, in the seat, because she's not going no. uh, at, at all. And we soon find out why, because... Nantar is uh, using this DNA to apparently trace their origin because he's like got a database of like 11 million, 11 million species. species. 11 million species. My genetic database holds information on nearly 11 million species. 11 million? And he can use that to uh, see, point, see which species they are and then fi- find their point of origin, which seems a bit peculiar to me. It yeah. does. Yeah. No, let's get into that. How does it work? Like, yeah. So you get somebody's DNA. How does that tell you where they're from? Like only if you can compare that to DNA from someone, other people who where you already know where they're from. And then you would think like you just ask them what species they are, and then just like tell them like that's where you're from. Yeah, you you don't really need to do the extra step of comparing their DNA, unless we're talking about DNA drift or other things. Well, there is actually a little point later on in the episode, right? where it's mentioned that this would be a very powerful weapon. So, yeah. and which to me suggests that nobody has re- any real idea where anybody else is from, or at least only if they've, if they've personally encountered them. There's no big databases or uh, other, like, chart right. maps, like this, this, this area belongs to him and this area belongs to them. You know, like uh, this uh, Rigel and his uh, 60, million, 60 billion subjects. 600 billion subjects, right, that's the yep. one. And uh, what was... Uh, no, I think you're. I think you're right there. So uh, they only travelled into the into the uncharted territories right. for a few weeks, and they already met someone from a polity of ten thousand planets who had never heard of the Hynerian Empire yeah. or vice versa. The Hynerian Empire is not familiar to me. Yeah, well, I never heard of the Consortium of Trow. The imperfection is yours. So apparently, like you can, these huge, huge I mean, empires yeah. are not very far apart, or maybe they can like overlap, like right. You know, the, the I mean, the the, uh, the 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 sort of mental exercise, like, okay, the closest star to Earth is four and a half light years. Okay, yeah. cool. So how many stars do you think uh, are yes. within 100 light years? Yes. And people go, oh, 12, 20? No, probably 12. And yeah. you go, like, 10 to 30,000. Yes, because they're all about four or five light years apart on average. Yeah, and, and it's you... a spherical volume yeah. with, a, with a radius of 100. <laughs> no, I get it. That's a lot. Yep. Uh, so, first one to go after he gets, like, beautiful Zahn. But beautiful Zahn, I have chosen to do yours first. Gets first go at oh, yeah, the map. Oh, yeah, he's really smarmy. Yes, and, like, we see this uh, beautiful special effect of a... Uh, which first looks like a sun rising up out of a pedestal, which then... A pedestal bl- with petals unfolding, yes. and then it... Poof. It blossoms out into a galactic arm. Gorgeous, uh, yeah, uh, gorgeous galaxy. A galaxy. And uh, there's a little glowy thing which uh, Zahn taps and it zooms in and it becomes her home star system, which yeah. she clearly recognizes. Like, oh, it's the. And she cups it with her it's hands. It's our little blue marble. That's my home. Uh, and she's like delighted to see it. And uh, it's such a it's such a beautiful moment that right. Actually, I, I said earlier they're not using a lot of CGI. This was well, really a few, well. Used. There's a few moments like this where they do that, and that's. I noticed much that it had it two goes. moons that were yeah. uh, that were flying past their face, and, she and I also noticed that Zahn seemed to look a little bit different here. I mm. don't know, maybe just a little make. I mean, maybe there were more close-ups, but I, I noticed the the feathered uh, eyelashes. Uh, eyelashes, yes, that's the one. Uh, well, which, I th- I see what you mean. I think it's a it's a function like she's never been lit 
blue before i don't think so you've yeah. got and you've got these these green highlights coming out as uh, as well and overall just the the lighting is harsher and the and the shadows are a lot darker than we're than we're used yeah. to seeing so at this point i'm going like Crichton. I'll just I'll just say John. Um, well, <laughs> you finally got it, and now you're already giving up. Okay, so it's no fun when you get it right. I'm sorry for spoiling that yeah. for you. Uh, so he looks at this, and clearly he doesn't recognize it because I think, like, I mean, he's like this big astro scientist. Like, yes, you know, if yep. this is our Earth galaxy, he should immediately be able to recognize this. You should be go like, that's the Milky Way. Yeah. If it's Andromeda or if it's any of the other the Magellan Cloud, if it's any of the other big ones, he should be able right. to he should yes. be able to notice this and he'd be go like, Okay, oh wait, yeah, this is the Milky Way. Tell me, where are we? Good. Hey. We're here. Oh, great. Earth is over here, because I know where Earth is in our own uh, Milky Way. Yes. How did how did Douglas Adams describe it in a in a not very popular corner of the Sagittarius arm, was it? Uh, I think it is, yes. But- hey, but do we actually really know what our galaxy looks like as in I, like i know the pictures yeah. I've, I've seen the images are we very confident that that is in fact what it looks like that is a good question i would think so but i don't know that for certain but i, right. I, I mean yeah. obviously i have great faith in in, in our scientists but it, it yeah. could be a situation where this is the information that we have yeah. the best guess but if any of these assumptions are are wrong like if i don't know white dwarfs have a different mass than we think or whatever yeah. uh, well, then that could mean it has an extra spiral arm or the lump is different well i would assume that this is based on observation and mapping of stars and saying like okay these these stars are more or less that this distance therefore they must be in our galaxy and yeah. then they, and just basically do a do a rough 3d map of those and you'd get a pretty good idea of at least of all the visible stars yeah, and you can make a decent guess yeah. from parallax, like where they are. But exactly. that gets you that gets you like a certain number of stars, and then after that, like how do we know how long the gap is between the uh, between the galactic arms? You can't see the, no, the absence you, of stars. Well, no, but you know that like we have st- we have like a hundred stars, which are up to two. 20,000 light years, you know, 10,000 light years. And then there's a region where no stars give us a reading in that yeah, range. Yeah, okay, yeah, fair. So, so, so suggesting that there must be a, a dark gap in that area. All right. Yeah, well, in that case, Crichton's really a bit of a dum-dum because he should recognize, uh, well, okay, um, no, there's one more possibility that this representation of the galaxy just doesn't look like how we'd represent uh, 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 the, the, the galaxy. Maybe they have different priorities. Maybe they're for example, able to detect dark matter and it shows up on their maps yeah, and not could ours. Be. And therefore it looks entirely different. But yeah, no, that, that's what I was wondering about. Also, I think, oh no, it's, that's after the after the uh, intro break. We haven't even gotten to the credits and it's only one scene. Oh my God. They, we're discussing a lot of big concepts which are going to be playing this. through the rest of the sh- show here. Yeah, but like, Kay, this is exactly yeah. what I'm into in, in watching this show with you. Now, you said that, that Namtar, like he's putting the moves on Zan a little bit. Uh, 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 he's beautiful being, he's Zan. being charming, yes. Not nearly as as smarmy and suck uppy as Rigel. Yes, it certainly is an, an honor to meet such a, a learned scientist as yourself and to take part in his grand experiments. Who, oh, yes. uh, while he's cupping his eye, putting a little eye cup over his eyes, because he's already had the addiction. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Oh, that was. I was wondering if if that was a thing because uh, yeah, we saw. Oh, he's uh, impersonating a pirate. Oh yeah. But yeah, he's uh, oh oh hello yes, Mister Mister Namtar. Oh no, oh you're so handsome, Mister Namtar. Ah uh, yes. So. I- at this point, I was already starting to wonder a little bit if they were being manipulated or something in some God, sort of way. so sinister, right? And then it is a little creepy. I know. The and dark but, shadows and the but concrete. It, but it, yeah, but it kept coming up through the episode, and it turns out it 
wasn't, which kind of like surprised me a little bit. But yeah, right. okay, so back to the greenish asteroid type thing. Yes, and yes. And Moya floating in front of it, and we are in the bar, which is apparently the front portal of uh, Namtar's uh, operation. Yeah, what a what a weird kind of like. Ba- how, like, is it big? Is Namtar operating just a, a yeah, small like medical I mean, there's, parlor? There's, there's or? lots of lots of people running about, uh, including uh, one of the Namtar's assistant, uh, who's not yes. half as pretty as Namtar is. Oh hell, that's ugly. No. Well, she has this weird like thing around her head, like which almost looks like it's binding her head and try, uh, trying to prevent it yeah. from growing any larger. It's sort of keeping her brain in. She looks. She's very peculiar. asymmetrical yeah. as well. She's got one huge hand. But she sort of fits in with everybody everybody else. Like, this is this is another example of lots of drapery and rough textures, sort of like the uh, the Warhammer uh, uh, Space Orc yes. cosplayers, the, the, the Tavlex. Except this reminded me more, I mean, it's sort of a nice dive bar. Like, yeah, it's dark, but it's got candles and, right. and chandeliers. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, all these. It sort of reminded me of, I guess, Burning Man. Oh, I've never been to Burning Man, and neither of you, as far as I know. No, but I know pictures from Burning Man, and you know... Oh, come on, Kay, how can you shame me in front of new podcast listeners? They thought that I was going to pretend to be the cool one who's been to Burning Man, but now you've already undermined that, and I'm going to be honest. Okay, so... Okay, so it's what I imagine Burning Man to be like. Okay, yeah. Amateur slapdash. With not quite that so many aliens, but Uh, uh, here in the bar, then. I don't know about Burning Man, looks like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who's to say? So, yeah, we have Eren and Crichton having a little moment where uh, Crichton lets us know that apparently his DNA wasn't in the database. So, 11 he is million. Bummed out. A mil- 11 million entries, but the human ain't one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he's well on his. He's in his cups already. Yeah. And and Aaron sort of remarks when she when she sees him carrying over whatever the whatever it is the space beer. Don't you want to analyze it before? Nope. Mm. Okay. Yeah, apparently, he's like so cautious. R- rather careful about what he uh, what he rather, drinks and not. But yeah, he's, attentive, but not he's this time. definitely trying to drink away some sorrows. And uh, yeah, she's like equally uninterested in like participating in this whole DNA scanning because she knows where she's from. You and the others are trying to get home, avoiding peacekeeper territories. My home is peacekeeper territories. It's just that I can't ever go back there. Yeah, she um, just can't go back. Yeah, ever. And it's and it's even more than that. Like it's not just just envy, but she sees she's going to be alone on Moya pretty soon. I was born a peacekeeper soldier. I've always been one among many. Member of a division, a platoon, a unit, a team. I've never been on my own, John. Never been alone. Like, if well, everybody else gets to go home, yeah. and eventually Crichton's going to go home, and he says, oh, well, you can come back with me, honey. And then she goes like, what, me on a planet with six billion U's? It's <laughs> just like, Oof. Harsh burn. Yes. Uh, yeah, not uh, not inspiring any any happy happy joy joy feelings in uh, 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 in Crichton, who is wearing a grey shirt. Now. Oh yes, have we been noticing the uh, the pattern of uh, white shirt, black shirt, and now grey shirt? Uh, so is uh, well, he's, he's right he, in the middle. He's a bit of an emotional drunk, isn't he? Yeah, but he's not the only one who is who is behaving a little a little unusually because I mean we forgot to mention the cliffhanger on which the opening scene ends. Yeah. Uh, Namtar delivers his price, and now. My price. Ah, yes. I I believe I told you when I first contacted you that our resources are somewhat well... Which is one of Pilot's arms. Yes. So what did you you think when you you heard that? Because then it fades to black and like nobody says anything. You go to the credits. 
Uh, I was expecting a, a deliberation, maybe a bit of a heist scene, or at least some negotiation. Yeah, but, or are we going to fool him, or yeah. we're going to like, how do we make a replica? Nope. Nope. No. 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 Nope. Into we, the den. Pilots. The pilot. Pilots <laughs> screaming. What do you think you're doing? Pilot, please, I implore you, just listen. To what? Santa has offered us something that we cannot obtain anywhere else. Think about somebody else for a change. And this is especially where I th- uh, I thought everybody was behaving so uncharacteristically, especially Zahn. Yeah, right. I mean, everybody was like, oh, pilot, uh, yeah, we're willing to make the sacrifice uh, by taking your arm. And yeah, they basically... <laughs> Rital says, think about someone else for a change. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. And and But, but Zahn was also very much like... She had this like wild look in her eyes and like she's she, feral. Yeah, and she was like very much like not the Zan that we're used to. Well, I guess I guess she wasn't kidding when she said during uh, uh, at the end of, of last week's episode yeah. where she had to fight Maldus and release her her rage that she wasn't sure whether she could put it back in again. Yeah, maybe she like this is Clearly already not. showing yeah. uh, uh, showing she up. She was like she's going all anarchy and being fair, uh, selfish in a way that we're not used to seeing from Zan. Yeah, uh, and yes, Pilot gets his. Arm ripped. Well, I think uh, Dargo uses his uh, sword uh, for that. His keyblade, yes, yes, his quarter blade. For, for, for the first time that he actually uses it in earnest. Uh, my quarter blade. Rather than just posing with it or shooting with it. Like, Has he really never yet? I, we- I think he bashed someone with it, but he's never actually cut anything with it. Yeah, so, he delivers a good clean cut this yeah. time. Oh, and, and Zan helps to take his pain, as she did for Moira. She does the Delvian uh, eye roll. Yes. Did you notice? Yeah, I did. Uh, and that was a little bit odd. But uh, yeah, I guess it's time for Willie or Woody already, because this definitely <laughs> gave me the willies. Right. This scene. <laughs> Woof. Because poor, poor, poor pilot. pilot. Yeah. He, he, he can't defend himself. Clearly not, no. And uh, yeah, they just leave him and yeah, basically rip Bring his arm his off. Bring his arm back to Namtar, like, and there it is. We have upheld our end of the bargain, Namtar. Yes, you have. Splendidly. In all of its glory, arm laying there in the, in the display cabinet, and Namtar seems to be quite pleased oh, yeah. with this. And uh, after they leave, the assistant comes back in, and they have a little discussion. It's like, oh, I hope this one's better or something like that. Yes, and then he, and then he walks into his chamber of horrors and because it's a spoopy show. That sick hammer whore son of a bitch... And there is this weird hybrid creature which looks like a patch together of various two faces, body parts, chained up. You multi-throated moron! And we never see it again in the rest of the episode. We nope. have no idea what it was, what it was doing, what the purpose was. It was just there, and it was just a little freak shot. And well, hold on, I mean, no, but look at it. Like yeah. it looks like it looks like a failed pilot mutant. Uh, a little bit, yeah. You see the you see the beak and the yeah, yeah. and the eyes and the no, no, uh, and, it, it. and yeah. it's sort of overgrown. So like this was, he's clearly had an, a, done experiments with pilot DNA before, yeah, but on enough. something else and it didn't go right and it grew and, two faces. And maybe he just needed a little bit more than that. And yeah, uh, maybe just that's why he wanted the whole arm because just a regular helix wasn't enough. If I were working merely at the double helix level, yes. So now we get another shot of the uh, of the asteroid, and now you can see the the bones. There's a there's a jawbone embedded that's bigger than Moya. Oh yeah, I see it now. Yes. Yeah, and that's and that's sort of what a oh there's like a whole city. It looks no, like I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It. yeah. Like the, it's it's like a claw or a jaw. It's like it's very hard to tell. But yeah, it's like it's I, I want to say that it's a jawbone because you can see the teeth and they're pointing yeah. back. 
Like right. predator teeth are pointed uh, uh, inward. I get that, but it could also be like a crab claw, which has like those those little oh, point, pointy bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, yeah. It's probably meant to look just freaky, basically. But like, this is a giant, giant yeah, creature. I, I completely missed that during the episode. I did not see that. Uh, it's just like everything's there as, as this just beautifully sinister set dressing because... It's like this is a horror episode. Yes, we we haven't so. had those before. We've we've had like hippie and and, and adventure and uh, 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 E.T. and now we're doing horror because Farscape can just do whatever it wants. Yeah, like I mean, yes, why not? Uh, we can experiment. We can have these all yeah. these kinds of things. We have no specific format. We don't. Have Nobody has expectations. We don't have a federation to save. We don't yeah. have. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. Like we don't have an established value system that yeah, we're that, uh, uh, that we're expressing Which in our stories. Which was quite clear here that because yeah, especially how everybody was yeah. behaving. Well, everybody. Yes, so Zan, uh, Rigel, and. Uh, yeah, the, the terrible trio of yeah. uh, uh, of this episode, and uh, yeah, uh, John walks in to talk to Pilot, uh, who's, who's getting his wound a, tended yeah. to by a DRD who's who's laser suturing. A little scuttlebot is doing stump. like it's Ooh. fine, you're good. It's like I'm ready. It's like and the thing keeps going. It's like no, go away. Uh, I said you are finished. He has a bit of a moment with uh, Pilot where. Uh, John asks him, like, is he okay? And Pilot starts describing about his his life and Very, how he comes into this situation. Yeah. And that, yeah, apparently his species is incapable of spaceflight on their own, and the only way they can see the galaxy is by becoming bonded Bonding to with a, a leviathan, leviathan yeah. and becoming a pilot. When one of my species is bonded to a leviathan, we give our lives to the service of others. Ship first, then those who travel aboard her. No matter what those aboard do to you. Yeah. No matter how they treat you, apparently. Yeah. And like he rightly asks, John rightly asks, aren't you angry? angry? Insanely angry. And no, he's not. Well, you say no, but he is very snippy later on in the episode. So he's clearly got some hard feelings. He might not be yes, angry, no, but that's he's true. <laughs> that's he is not okay. <laughs> no, exactly. I like this moment of bonding. Um, yes, uh, uh, and, and and even more so when Pilot speaks to uh, uh, speaks to Aaron, with whom he's gotten on a lot better. Uh, I've noticed in general. Like, thank you for your help, Officer Sun. We work together well, Pilot. I mean, it's the hierarchical structure that we spoke about. Like, they both know, know their place and they fit and they work together because we're both working towards the good of the ship. Yeah, I guess she, that's a good point. I guess Erin just really likes that, that she feels in a, in, yeah. a, in a command structure with a fellow professional. Exactly. Um, but she is very disappointed in the rest of her crew and confronts them in the uh, in the hallway um, for for what they've just done. Yes. Much as we said, like, Pilot is defenseless. Dargo remarks, oh, compassion? From a peacekeeper. Yes. And she immediately sort of snaps back, no, for a comrade. Yes. Uh, uh, he was he was defenseless. Would you have done that to me? And I like that Dargo is completely honest. And he goes like, yes, I would have. Of course. Like he even says, like, Pilot will get over it. He's a, he's a servicer. Pilot is a servicer. Yeah, <laughs> which is, again, which seems like awfully dismissive and like awfully... Yeah. Taking him for granted, like, oh, yeah, that's his job, you know? It's like, if we need something from him, we take it from him. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's not how... Everyone was so... Or the, the terrible trio were so ugly yeah, in this Yeah, so. That's, uh, what, that's what, and that I kept wondering, is Namtar, like, doing some sort of weird mind control? Did he right. inject them with something? Because, like, they, they kept acting so much like they're not themselves. Well, 
I guess we don't know them very well. I guess is, not. Is, yeah. I think what, I mean, the, what the show's for, trying to say. For Rigel, yeah, sure. You know, Rigel has always been a selfish little prick. Insolent. Selfish. Competitive. Obsessive. Obnoxious. Unbearable. And yep. uh, although apparently he doesn't have one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's going to come up, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> or, or it isn't, in fact. Yeah. That's actually true. Rigel is still Rigel. It's Zan and Dargo that are so weird. Zan has this, uh, uh, she has the, I guess, excuse that her evil or her, her savagery has been reactivated. But I think in general, none of them have been confronted with something they want before. Yes, or at right? least want so badly that they're willing to put principles aside. Well, and all those principles are kind of flexible. None of them like each other. They didn't choose each other. No, true. They they, they sort of tolerate each other very well by, by, by last episode, but this just kind of goes to show yeah. that's that's really superficial. They Right, because very soon we, we already, and very soon we get infighting. Like yeah. they're starting to argue about where to go first. Oh, yes, yes. Because while they're waiting for uh, Namtar's uh, cartographs to be loaded and, and, and delivered... The, yeah, someone's going to get home first, and who's it going to be? And they start scheming against each other, and it it went like the the, the conspiracies and and mutual betrayals. That yeah, and basically the, everybody tries to like make an alliance with the other two it was against like the, the third. Survivor Island with just three people on yes. it, and all of them wanting to wanting to leave the island. Or I, I don't know how Survivor works. I think you, getting off the island is bad. No, you have on. to. Yeah, you want to vote. You, you want to vote people Something off, like and that. you don't want to get voted off. So basically, this okay. is to me the obvious thing would be like, okay, everybody's going to get home in the least time if we just like uh, say who is closest, and then we just like go work them off in sequence, which I think is someone suggests that at one point, which is met with yeah. grudging agreement. I mean, like... Because, like, for some of them, going home is not so simple. It doesn't right. mean just, like, going to the nearest outpost uh, uh, and, and grabbing a greyhound or an, or an yeah. Uber. Um, because I mean, they're going to take Moya, obviously, but... Yeah, yes, but that's, that's kind of the thing. When they get to their planet, they're still going to need Moya for a while because... Uh, I mean, I mean, Rigel was deposed by his cousin Bishan. Yeah. My cousin Bishan stole my throne from me while I slept. A mistake I will soon be correcting. Cousin, the, cousin Bishi? <laughs> who rules his, his empire. And uh, uh, Zan and Dargo were arrested and imprisoned by their own people. My leaders imprisoned me, not my people. And he's confident that if he gets home, he will be able to... Be accepted by his people. That's and right. In fact, when it's his turn to try and uh, uh, make an alliance with uh, with Rigel, yeah, um, who has uh, uh, who has by that time stolen the crystal that's been delivered. Right. He promises Luxon warriors to help him with uh, disposing his uh, uh, nephew. Uh, yeah, his <laughs> disposing his nephew. Yes, that's, that's right. Uh, yeah. So he, I guess he he thinks that he can just arrive there um, and drum up a whole a full contingent of Luxon warriors yeah. will just follow him, I guess. Yes, which is, I mean, we still don't know what he's done that he was imprisoned for. And apparently it's not what he's told everybody that he's done, yes, which, he's, he, he we, said which he, we also don't know. But No, he did say he was he killed a, a superior officer. That, oh, okay. that came up in his uh, in his first conversation, but right. yeah, never never after that. No. Um, so everybody's everybody's kind of down in the dumps, and none more so than uh, than John and Aaron, who uh, like John has apparently brought his booze home with him. Yep, sitting in the in the kitchen galley. What do we call it? Yeah, something like that. The food area, the, the kitchen. I mean, they. they what do you call the it on a boat? Huh? What do you call it on a boat? The galley place with the. Yeah, it is the galley, yeah. isn't it? 
Well, let's call it the galley. It sort of has okay. a, a, a nautical feel. It's got a nice big window. It's got like lots of bottles standing above the bar. I like to think that those are like, that's like the spice rack or something. Mm, who knows? You know, they must fall down all the time. Yes. I think that often in, in shows where, uh, on the <laughs> one hand, like every episode, like the, the, the bridge gets shook and everybody gets knocked on their, on their behinds. Yeah. But then they also have like model ships on their shelves and, you know. <laughs> Maybe they have their own special uh, uh, <laughs> yes. kinetic dampening. Uh, inertial, uh, inertial, inertial dampeners. Inertial dampeners. Yeah. Yeah, why, wouldn't you, why wouldn't you put those on the chairs on the bridge so they don't and, fall out? And then, the of course, we have uh, Captain Adama's uh, beautiful ship, which gets destroyed in a fit of rage several by, by himself. Him. Yeah. He just builds it to smash it. It's his, yeah. It's his like really high stakes stress ball yeah. that he has to decide when is he going to use his stress ball because it's going to take another six months before he gets he it. gets it back to the state where he can like smash it again. <laughs> John is is wallowing in his in his misery. He's he's boozing it up. Misery loves company. Did you see the move where he he sort of sits down and invites Aaron to Aaron to talk and Aaron like takes the bottle from him, which kind of like you cool it, mm-hmm. but she does go and get herself a glass and she yeah, does, yeah. does she goes and join him. Yeah. The crystal arrives, and they try yes. to download it into Moya, and it turns out that it's not working. What do you mean Moya isn't assimilating the data? Is that her doing, or yours? I have nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's too Big, much there's too much data, data Moya can't absorb which... it all. There is a great deal of data, but Moya will just have to... Moya can do nothing about it. Is... And this is where... Pilot gets extremely flippant. It appears your crystal is useless. Lucky for you, you didn't trade anything of real value to get it. Maybe you'd have a limb you'd like to sacrifice. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I like that he bites back because, woof. Yeah, I mean, uh, rightfully so. Uh, but yes, it turns out that they can only extract the data from one of the locations and that and lose somehow the other two, will destroy lose the, the other two in the process yeah and well, they're not willing to go back and ask for for more no, from Namtar oh, that, yeah, and that's how it happened because like he's like oh he'll demand more limbs or something yes, like exactly. that and I go like no you, you you promised us three locations like in fact you delivered them in a, in, a, in a method that we can't handle like we'd like two more crystals please if he should ask for it what body part are you willing to offer your eminence yeah, because at this seen, point, like, they're pretty clear Namtar is, is no bueno. Right, but they don't, there's nothing to establish that. Like, Namtar's been more or less upfront with them. He's, like, d- d- uh, ostensibly delivered what they uh, what he true. promised. Uh, so you'd but, think that you can go back and say, like, oi, can you, like, split this up because it's too big for us to handle. But, you know. Yeah, he's uh, uh, he's, a, he's a canny negotiator, which they probably, probably realize. I like that, that I mean... Did you know right from the start that Namtar was going to be a baddie? Because he was uh, sort of coded as a baddie. You know, he was... He was well, yeah. Uh, he, he, he looked threatening. He had a menacing aura. He was menacing music. Well, like I said, I, I was suspecting that he had been doing tomfoolery with uh, messing with the, the, their heads in some sort of way. So I kind okay. of... Exp- yeah, so it kind of, to me, felt that like things were going to go off with him, especially when it looks like, yeah, he was like working with weird genetic... Especially a thing that he had chained against his wall, that seemed to uh, me like yeah. yeah okay he's like definitely not right and like you said he was coded negatively yes especially exactly. in the way that he was treating his assistant Cornata isn't it Cornata whom um, she kind of looks like a melted Cornetto Coronada uh, yeah I thought it was but yes she does look a bit uh, odd 
we uh, we had a little chat between uh, uh, between Rigel and uh, uh, and Dargo, where Rigel is clearing out his room and throwing out a bunch of trash, including a box of food cubes. Where Dargo asks, "So you had this when we didn't have food for, for two, two weekends? Week, yeah, something yeah, like that." I don't think they say that one very yeah. often. If you like them, they're yours. And at this point, Erin goes back down to the asteroid, but I can't remember why. What made her decide to do that? Well, um, so realizing that she's not going to fit in on Earp either, and she has nowhere nowhere else to go, she knows that there are other Sebation colonies mm. beyond Peacekeeper right, territories. yes. And she wants to know where they, they are. She wants just anywhere where she can fit in. Yep. And, like, that's something that Namtar is sensitive to, and that's something that I hadn't really... Uh, 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 like realized about her before uh, the way she expresses it to to John. I've always been uh, a part of a structure. Uh, there's that hierarchy yeah, that yeah. we were talking about earlier. Uh, uh, part of a unit, part of a, a regiment, part and of now a ship. For the first time, I'm on my own. Never been alone before, and she yeah. doesn't want that. So she'll be with whoever, yeah, anyone, and other Sebations. Uh, yeah, is better than than being alone. Yeah, and so yeah, she she wants the same deal. She gets the eye stabby, uh, uh, but, but it's a this, little bit different. Yeah, because this, this time there's like a little bit of purple injected into her eye, a little purple cloud that you can see drifting through it. Yeah, that was curious. Yeah, and, uh, uh, I mean, I knew that this was coming because I've seen it before, so I right. could actually be looking for it. But yeah. there was an argument between uh, uh, between um, Namtar and Cornetto before that, where uh, like he was experimenting with with Pilot's arm, and it wasn't working, and he was very angry. And there was a moment where Cornata, she's covering her head with her her, her hands, one of the giant hands, and yeah. uh, and goes, "Namtar, your anger," um, as if it was hurting her. I don't think it was the sound. Is she maybe like a little psychic, or right. is he psychic? Yeah. Well, uh, we, we 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 did see him smash the glassware in anger already. Yes, where that's he, you saw right. him lashing out with his arm, and then suddenly the table gets swept clear of the glassware. So we know he had some sort of uh, yeah that's telekinetic right. ability at that point. Um, also, possibly because the prosthetic hands were maybe not pretty unwieldy, and the yeah. and the uh, the performer was advised maybe try not hitting the very expensive set with your <laughs> with your clumsy. Po- yes, I noticed some things about this costume that like okay, so he's got rule boots. Yeah, um, but. Uh, his ankle is downturned, so you don't like when you wear rule boots. It's, yeah. it's usually a platform that you stand yes. on. Yes, in this case, yeah, he had like the the, the, the ankle the, was the, a, was a, was a joint. Yeah, the on point yeah. position. So he's like a he's standing there like a like a ballet artist. Yes, uh, uh, all the time. Um, it does not have a fly. Those pants. Ah no. Uh, and well, like, no, he did have some sort of crotch rocket attachment piece right there. <laughs> I remember reading that Virginia Hay went up to the uh, costume designer at one point and sort of whispered, maybe give him a little escape hatch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because, yeah, like, he couldn't go to the bathroom without, like, taking all of that off. And that was a multi-hour operation. Wow. It was, it was the middle of Australian summer. Dang. Uh, yeah, so uh, they were still doing. Drinking. Yeah. Yeah, which he couldn't couldn't do. Also, like he was in that animatronic head, so he had, like, machinery whirring around his, Oof, his face. That must have been. Uh, uh, well, and, and having to. It was ha- all indoors, so I assume they had airco. Yeah, they turned it off while they were oh. recording in order to get good oh, sound. right, yes. Yeah, it really sucked. Ouch, yeah. So, yeah, fantastic performance. Uh, and also, like, he wasn't doing the voice. Somebody else was doing no, the voice that was obvious, and, the, yeah. and the animatronics. And then he had to make sure that his body movements matched up with uh, facial expressions that he couldn't see himself make uh, and, uh, and a voice that he could probably barely hear over the, over the whirring. 
oh God, do you know that is is it becoming clear how much I love Namtar and how yeah, yeah. how exemplary I think he is for for this show? Because yeah, he's this he's this kink wizard, and what a production! He was, he was a much more interesting uh, bad guy for the episode than, than Maldis, uh, Maldis right? Was, yes, with his I mean. That that actor had a lot of fun. Oh no, yeah. The, I mean, he was well acted, but the character was much less. Uh, Moldus as a character was much less interesting than Namtar was. Yes, yeah. now, I think. And I, I okay. Let's go into why do we think that is? Because we we mentioned that Maldus wasn't very threatening, even though he had all this power. Yeah, we never like he didn't really do much to. No, it was just like goading people on and like yeah. laugh, standing there laughing manically and uh, speechifying at them. Right. Yeah. Versus Namtar has something that people want, and he shows that insight. He understands what they want and exploits mm. it, and that I think gives him some power. Yes, and also his pair purposes are—I don't know. I mean, Maldis was just kind of like evil for evil's sake because yeah, he, and megalomaniac, megalomaniac, but also actually was he was just feeding on it. And Namtar has a plan, I suppose. Actually, he also. Yeah, he's, he, I mean, his purpose is also to get more powerful and perfection, which yes, is like, as we as we discover. But it like and and that's driven from from vanity, I suppose. So yeah, whereas Maldus was just like basically was like I mean, like any like that? any vampire, he's yeah. just like trying to live, and he, yeah, like, yeah. he does it in a rather unsavory way, especially because it involves like emotional torture, not just like eating people. Yeah, but you know. Uh, Namtar seems a little bit more. I mean, he gets. Com- uh, John compares him to Mengele, which is a very. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Which is a very, uh, you know. Apt I, comparison. I can see where he's coming from. I, I mean, he's, uh, he's profoundly unethical because, yeah, yeah, he's. Like, he seizes that opportunity immediately. He's just been. He's just, like, smashed all the, all the glassware. He's frustrated with this. Uh, with the failure of this serum or whatever. And then in walks Aaron. She wants the same deal. And he's holding the needle. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and you actually see him like injected into her yep. eye, like opportunity knocks. Yep. Uh, Erin goes back to Moya, and she's staggering around like she's drunk. Yeah, uh, you get these, things like, look kind of weird. Yeah, she's you get seen... these first-person views from Erin, uh, 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 where she's seeing double, and everything is just kind of like moving around a bit. Crichton catches her before she falls. Yep. Proximity alert, as the fans call it. <laughs> uh, he sits unnecessarily close to her. Uh, uh, and chats with her, and then realizes, "Hey, you're sweating. That's yes. not a thing that sebaceans tend to do. do. Yeah, that's not very good for you." Now, that one I thought was interesting because it was mentioned that sebaceans lack the gland that helps them regulate extreme heat. Okay, mm. cool, but that's what sweating is for. Yes. So you like, there's really not a lot of other reasons to sweat right. other than managing heat. So. No. I did they just? She, I mean, I, I mean, she was already starting to change at this point, so that makes sense that it, that something like that could happen. Do you think pilot sweats though? Mm, he doesn't look the kind, but right? you know there might be other bits of DNA stuck in there as well. Well, see what I was thinking. Yeah, is they they lack the gland? Did they used to have it? Oh right, it might just be like a vestigial. 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 That's, that's, good. that's the one. Maybe they just have vestigial uh, sweat glands. Huh. That are reactivated by her. That's a great one. Yes, vestigial. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So okay. So we're we're just about approaching. Gosh, this is going to be an episode. The halfway mark of the uh, uh, of the of the show. Uh, Rigel has just absconded with the with the crystal. Yeah. Uh, back to his bedroom, which prison cell quarters bedroom. Yeah, they're still sleeping in yeah. their cells. I mean, if those are the quarters, I mean, it seems to be fairly comfortable. They're big cells, uh, but they're cells. They're yeah. where they've been imprisoned. Like that's that's 
would you want to sleep in your prison cell, especially when it can still be locked from the outside? Right, that's a bit weird, yes. Right. Uh, also, we see that, you know, with all his talk about being a great warrior, Dargo is a bit of a rubbish fighter, because like, he tries <laughs> to like knock uh, Rigel out of his chair, and Rigel just taunts him about flying near the ceiling, and he's got nothing. No. It's like he can't, like, he actually resorts to, well, as you just said, locking him in the cell. Yeah, after uh, after Rigel taunts him, he's sort of floating around like the like the Hynerian Riddler. Yeah, <laughs> you can't find, You can't find the crystal because I have it hidden in the room where even the centhounds can't find it. Oh, yeah, very good. <laughs> I have places in this cell that even the peacekeeper centhounds couldn't detect. I like that. I wonder. Okay, so centhounds, we're clearly supposed to think they're like blood bloodhounds yeah. that they track scents. Maybe that's not it. Maybe they just have a have a very nice sort of sandalwood gland, or <laughs> that depending, on, you know, you rub them behind the ear, and then you get your ooh, it's kind of minty. Nice. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Right. That they they can be your own sort of personal uh, uh, room motorizer. Yeah, depending okay. on, uh, on on their mood and yours. Yes, that sounds yeah pleasant. Aromatherapy better puppies than, better than wet dog smell. The, everything is someone's thing. Everyone, like any scent or flavor, any food that there is, is somebody's favorite. And I'm kind of making it my mission not to yuck any yums, which was also sort of a lesson that I was learning from from Farscape in my in my first rewatch. Which is why initially I kind of resisted the idea of uh, 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 Namtar being evil. Like yeah. that was he was he was very clearly coded negatively, as yeah. you as you as you said. But hey, we've seen a lot of weird aliens, mm-hmm. and we have to sort of come at it with uh, uh, with more with more openness because a lot of the times we're challenged in that way too. Yeah, I wouldn't call him evil. I would call him yeah highly unethical, but not necessarily evil. He does harm. He does True. harmful experiments on people without their in, in, without yeah. their consent or even awareness for his right. own benefit. Like, I mean, okay, that counts as evil, I suppose. Yeah, there's not a lot of definitions no. of evil that don't include that. Yeah, very true. Dargo traps Rigel in there, to which, like, Rigel continues to cackle. They cackle taunts, at each other. Taunts him a little bit with the, fa- with the lack of food that he now has, and he like, makes threats that he will let him starve in there. And continuing the theme of people confronting uh, the person who has what they want, uh, Aaron confronts Namtar in, the, back, uh, yes. uh, in, in Space Burning Man. What, what have you done to me? I've, get, I've been getting these weird things. And he cackles a little bit like, oh, phase one is almost coming to an end. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't want to spoil the surprise of phase two for you. She's not into into that. She grabs him by the by the arm, twists it behind his back. I mean, pretty strong. Yep. He and looks like a big uh, hunk of fella. He smashes him into the bar, and then he goes into, like, oh, yes, harder, twist it more, because, like, he's turned his pain receptors into pleasure receptors. Please push harder. <sighs> Back on Moya, more conspiracies. Yes. Um, uh, this time it's Dargo and Zahn trying to, like, uh, broker a deal. Yes, because they have decided that Rigel is enemy. Rigel has been a very useful ally in the past. But now he is enemy. Agreed. Which I thought was interesting grammar. Yeah. He's been a useful ally in the past, but now he is enemy. We already knew that they don't like him, so it seems like an obvious alliance between those two. Speaking of alliance, uh, uh, now we have the, the two people on the ship who seem to relate best to each other. Aaron comes to pilot... Complaining or or like I don't know exactly why. Yeah, she's she talking comes about all him. the uh, how she's noticing all the sounds and all the movements yeah, that the uh, DRDs are happening in Moya. But it's not just the DRDs; it's the ship's power generator, the hydraulic fluids. You hear all that? Not so much hear it as sense it. But how? 
we see as Crichton comes uh, into the pilot's uh, area as well that Erin is slowly starting to mutate. I mean, yeah. she's got weird patches of skin growing. Yeah, she's got the, the sort of chitinous carapace growing on, on, her, her, on her, her hand. On her she's hand. got uh, chicken wings growing out of her uh, her abdomen. I, I thought it was actually probably looks more like a fourth arm, a third and a fourth arm that are growing out there. Like, you know, Pilot has four arms. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so that was my first thought. Like, oh, look, like like they're regrowing Pilot's arm there on her che- on the side of her <laughs> chest. <laughs> she's got... Uh, and there's some tubes hanging there as well. Like, yeah. it's... Uh, it's uh, it looked a bit weird. There's a lot of creepy stuff going on there. Yeah. And she is scared. Yes. Which she's not used to. Maybe she that's has also no something idea what's that, going uh, on. Yeah. Uh, uh, she got from Pilot. I mean, she, they, know, they know that it's come from Namtar, but they have no idea what's happening. Uh, oh, yeah. Now it's kind of obvious why she would go to Pilot. She could just look at her hand and go, oh, that looks sort of piloty. Next, we have uh, Zahn trying to broker a deal with Rigel and tempting him with little morsels of food cubes, which are yeah. really poorly named because they're not food cubes, they're food squares. No, that has occurred to me as well. <laughs> like they're all. Okay, so maybe you can say, well, they start off as cubes and then you slice them before you eat them, but right. yeah. So you have the food cube slicer that you like run it through. Whore lollies is what they what they are. Oh. Uh, the, the actual sort of sort of prop, like it's a the whore is a, a I think a Chinese or a Southeast Asian fruit. Oh, uh, and you and you can make these sort of yeah, oh, kind of like kind of like kind of like dried fruit, uh, like a, uh, fruit leather. Fr- yeah, fruit. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Fruit by the fruit by the fr- fruit, fruit fruit by the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, and she's uh, uh, she's she's seducing Rigel. Through oh yes, she prom- prom- or- promises him a very pleasant trip if she if uh, he agrees to uh, go uh, go to, to Delvia first. first. Yes. Yeah, and, and and this is where we learn that apparently they are called earbrows. Yes, <laughs> that's what they're called. I know the Hynerian earbrow is very sensitive. Uh, uh, and she and she strokes them after tugging his moustache, and he he has a he has a little moment of like almost apologetic. You know, I'm not really body breeder. I mean, well, I'm not made that way. I'm yes. just not built that way. Exactly. So almost that's where a we... little, I guess, genital envy. I guess, but also like, yeah, she promises him other forms of pleasure and companionship, I suppose. And yeah, that doesn't he really, is not that so easily really doesn't fooled, go anywhere like, either. And she like walks off in a huff and goes like, "Well, <laughs> you can starve in there. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll let you go hungry." So they go back down to the bar to see what uh, John can, and John and Aaron. Yes, yeah. to confront uh, Namtar with uh, what he's done. Yeah, she's having a real bad trip. This is where the sort of space burning man uh, yeah. comes oh, in. Like this was like uh, uh, someone who got some 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 bad red rope licorice, and her and her best friend is like right. taking her back to the the too bar much, where the dealer acid, was. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like there's neon acid, uh, and she and she can barely keep it together. Uh, they confront Namtar. Uh, she actually shoots him. She straight up shoots him. Yeah, we uh, have a bit taking of a, a huge chunk out of his midriff. Yeah, and we have a bit of a Terminator Two moment there when he just kind of looks down on it and, without any apparent af- effort, just regrows that uh, part of his body yeah. after he comments, "That's a powerful gun you have there." Also, his clothes also regrow, which is kind of like. Yeah, yeah. That one I thought was I thought was weird because he's got yeah. all these like calipers and like yeah. this ribbing around him. Uh, I guess he, it was easier in the special effects to do that than to 
<laughs> I escaped somehow. Yeah. He force pushes uh, John away. Yes. Uh, he force pulls and and freezes Aaron uh, uh, and summons her, sort of like like vampiric. Come to me. Oh yes, he did. Yes. Crichton gets smacked around by the force push and wakes up with uh, Coronada uh, attending to him. Cornetto. Cornetto? I'm pretty sure it says no, Cor- it's, Coronada. It's, it's Cornata. Cornata. But I sort oh. of made it because her head looks like a melted Cornetto. ice lolly. Well, I mean, oof. Held together. It's even got the ch- the chocolate chunks, which oh, are like the leathers. Yes, I see what you mean, but no. <laughs> no. Right. no. Okay. No, 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 you get to veto one of my nicknames every well. now and again. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'll need it in, in, in return. So, Cornata, yeah. Yeah, she tends to him and uh, they start. Reveals the uh, the history of this yes, place. Yes, that she was the one who was re- running the research lab. And the lead that, scientist, uh, yeah. And all uh, the other space burners were her employees. Yeah, and that Namtar was one of her test subjects that she yeah. was working on and uh, that she was apparently genetically improving. And after a while, he started taking over. He started like doing more genetic improvements upon himself. Yeah, so leading the, to this whole thing where he was like striving for perfection by combining traits yeah. from like I don't Her know genetic how many, database, yeah. and then anyone else who travels there looking for data, like he must be running the scam on everyone Anybody. who comes there. Yeah, this is a scam, right? Team conspiracy has decided how they're going to approach things. They're going to like convince Rigel that they've uh, uh, that they've seen sense and that they're going to acquiesce to his demands. Yes, Dargo and Zan go to his uh, go to his cell, try to, to uh, apologize and convince him, and getting no response, they open his cell, walk in to wake him, find that he's like stuffed his bed it's with the a dummy pillow under the, the blanket p- trick. trick. Yes. God, he's already outside and he traps them in. Boom. Apparently, he had a way out of his cell because he wasn't like going to be trapped in there at all. Yes. So he, Speaking of, he, I escaped somehow. Yes. It suggests that he already could do that when he was uh, still imprisoned under the peacekeepers. Like he literally says so. You really think that I could spend all those cycles locked in one of his cells and not have a secret means of sneaking in and out as I please? Yeah. If you were that's in, the idea of a cell, if generally. You were, exactly. Yeah. If you were a prisoner for 100 cycles and you could do this, you wouldn't have been a prisoner for 100 cycles. Well, I mean, he might not have been able to get off Moya. You know, he might be, get, get out of his cell, but that doesn't mean he could get off Moya. <sighs> You've got also, 100 cycles. Also, it's, it's not really a prisoner ship, but it's actually a prison if they're just like, if he's been like on board there for 100 cycles. And, now, that is a good And point. they're not like, I mean, I always got the impression that they were being transported. Prison transport. Right. Yeah, yeah. because they, they, they even look at like the, the prisoner, uh, yeah. like the manifest of the destination, they realize that they were being taken to a lifer's colony. Right. We were scheduled for transfer to Terran Ra. That is a lifer's colony. Yeah. So this was not their final destination. No. no oh, but uh, 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 Dargo has been on the ship for eight degrading cycles. He right. said. Yeah. Uh, at least, hey, they're all good now. Uh, huh. At last, no, they're right. uh, they're prisoners once again. So we learn that uh, from the assistant that the crystal is a trap. If they actually do manage to uh, download the data, it will completely wipe out all the information that Moya has. Yes, that's how he traps people. And, yeah, and uh, he, was never, he was never going to let them go, and apparently maybe he just wants Moya. Like, a lot of people seem to want Moya. I mean, I guess a Leviathan is a very desirable ship to have. Oh, a self-repairing, yeah. like, fully obedient, intelligent craft yeah. that, that can be, like, that can be crewed by, by four people. Yeah, uh, and actually, maybe only by pilot. Probably yeah. just pilot on, yeah. it on his own. Like that's an incredibly valuable and resource. Did, and of course, the scuttlebots. So yes, Triton does a quick little uh, uh, sleight of hand. Well, he basically he distracts Rigel, 
does a quick little twist around, slaps the crystal around, and it goes breaking yeah, on the floor think- in a very poor special effect, I noticed. Like, that was not a real crystal that they broke there. That was... No, that... Uh, yeah, he does the sort of Texas two-step, reaching one way to... Because, like... He's trying to take the crystal from uh, uh, from, Rigel, from Rigel. Who's trying to plant it onto Moya. And Rigel is fighting back. Now, he's a little, like, two-foot-high animatronic puppet with, yeah. with six-inch arms, and he is fighting off a fully-grown, uh, muscular, red-blooded American. Like, yeah. that is some interesting bit of a stretch of the imagination. But Right. I mean, like, he's, I mean, he was fighting off Dargo earlier. He had a little throne sled, yeah. Yeah. And now he's just he's just biting. But yeah, the Texas two-step uh, reaches around behind him. There's uh, uh, there was a sort of a janky, like, slow motion. Crystal shatters. Uh, explodes into a shower of stars. And which we get then, a beautiful oh, star field again once more, which then, like, Falls away, rains like, down to the ground, leaving everybody... Like sand slipping through your fingers. Yeah, leaving everybody kind of dumbstruck. Like, there goes their chance, which wasn't actually a chance, but, like... They didn't know that up until that point. Um, meanwhile, Cornata has been on the ship working with pilots yeah. on a plan that we haven't really been let let into. And, like, they're working together very well. Like, yeah. she's asking, they've they've, they've broken out Zahn's chemistry set. And <laughs> Uh, 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 and then and all this and like she gives like 18 orders and pilot goes yep yep I'm on all of those immediately I need a tighter scan of each of the last three inert mixtures also the expanded graph matches the latest spectral analysis and all final recounts of psycho batch data working on them all working on a, some sort of concoction that she's brewing up so did you notice the, uh, uh, the, the the examples of multitasking? Because, like, okay, so he gives him, like, 18 things to do, and he says, yes, I'm doing all of them. Yeah. Um, and, and Aaron also said, while she was coming down with, uh, uh, with her transformation... Right, that she was, like... Fe- all of her thoughts were happening right. at once. And the, dis- and the discussion with uh, Namtar was that he was looking forward to experiencing that himself. That, like, yeah. he was, like apparently he's been building some sort of serum which is going to give him uh, this kind of power from uh, Pilot... When he's, yeah. And he's mean, mainly been testing it on uh, Eren yeah. to see if it works. Like Apparently the, the previous test didn't work either, and now he has this new one. And sort he's of look- like, like using her as a, as, a, as a vaccine cow. Right. Or at least a guinea pig to see it, like whether or not it works. Uh, well, specifically, I mean, she has the insight while she's... Okay, so she's been taken prisoner by, uh, by Namtar, and now she's hidden behind this, this red velvet yes, curtain of mystery. And you can only see the uh, pilot arm yeah. claw coming out there. Uh, and she says, "You're going to take what you need from me, and then and then discard me." And he's very oh, honest about it, right? Yes. So, so yeah, you're thinking that he was it? going to like yeah, he had it cultivate in her, and then he's going to take and it then, from her and then inject it into himself, right? That with makes the sense. idea being maybe that pilot is too alien for uh, a DNA graft to work, but right. if it goes via another species, yeah. yeah. So you, we get a little diluted version, and right. we're looking for, it, and then now we can extract it from her. That makes sense, yeah. Uh, because he wants that mental multitasking capability, which must be how pilots capable of running that that ship, just having all of those processes that he's thinking about Do, all the time. Yeah, doing all those things. So uh, Crichton shows up back on the planetoid. Yes, on the on the asteroid, the uh, the parlor scene confronting him yeah. together with uh, Cornetto. No, you vetoed it. Okay. It's fine. Cornada, yes. And a uh, uh, little bit of blustering, a little bit of uh, uh, talk. Strategic uh, speechifying. I mean, you call yeah, it a yeah. little bit of talk, but True. Uh, Crichton was keeping him talking and getting him to speechify and speechifying in return. Yeah. Talking about Mengele. And, oh, Mengele sounds, uh, sounds brilliant. Right. This Mengele sounds like a visionary. 
giving Konata the, the time to build the concoction and right, yes, finish the finish the chemistry, uh, put it in the injector, and stab uh, Namtar with it. And then we get another uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark moment. Yeah, you see all the various features melting off him. You see him ballooning oh. out, melting down. What and, a wild, what a wild. And what we have over at the end is basically a shaved salacious crumb. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come yeah, on. Right. He just looks like... <laughs> no, you're right. Salacious crumb. Uh, the cackling right-hand man of Jabba the Hutt That's in the Star one. Wars yep. Return of the Jedi. I've always got to give context for our, <laughs> our readers at home, our listeners. Who gets picked up by the scruff and dumped in the cage. I had a, I had a note that he was like a Siamese scrat from Ice right. Age. I can go with that. <laughs> Now I did. Ooh, ooh! I did notice one thing in in uh, the speechifying on uh, on Namtar's part mm-hmm. that um, he was going to be the most perfect or the nearest to perfection right. of any corporeal being. Right. Yes. Specifically mentioning that, like, ooh, we haven't seen the option of a non-corporeal. I no. say that out loud. We've seen Maldis last time. Right. Yeah. A cruel and malevolent being who's learned how to transcend corporeal form. Fair enough. Yeah, okay. So, no, hmm. good point. Maybe not so no, uh, still, uh, no. so meaningful. No, you have a good point, though. Um, and out comes Aaron, the lobster woman. Right, yes. Still definitely going, going getting pilified. Like, her head is like <laughs> defi- is, is changing a little bit. And uh, he, uh, he has the serum ready to inject her with it. And go, no, no, with her, it has to be in the eye. So we get one more uh, shot where, like, needles going into eyes because we hadn't seen that enough yet this episode. This was the first time that Aaron's mother went to visit her on set and oh, wow. see what, while she was in makeup made up like, like this. Like, oh, like this. dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah. She couldn't handle it and she stayed behind the curtain and she went home without oh. the poor woman. It's like, oh, my daughter's in an American television program. She like, must have been so proud. Do you always do? You, and like, I wonder if she thought that she always looked like that. If that's like, <laughs> yeah, that's what her character looked like. Imagine if she thought that I just never watched the program ever. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yes, and another food cube scene, although he tries to make it into a smiley face, which Aaron does yeah. not get. It's a happy face. They're food cubes. No, see the pattern? It forms a... Never mind. Goes yes, straight over her head. Yeah. And finally, like, the blue light is gone. We're, we're treated to another shot of Moya going oh, across yes. the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the galaxy. We hey, finally have a stock shot yes. there. True, true, true. This is one of the we have seen before. But but it's all back to, like, warm lights and ochre. Can you tell I'm a photographer? And I, like, notice the lighting yes. and how, how glorious that is. And Dargo wandering back into the pilot's chamber and asking Pilot if he's okay. Uh, and they have a little... Well, I won't say they have a moment, but they have a little talk yeah he specifically asked do you understand why i did what i did right and that do you if i had to do it again i would yes like that honesty i actually kind of respected that because i mean it sucks it really right. does suck what he did but it would be worse if he was dishonest about it yeah and pilot actually says like i don't i understand i know that luxons aren't really into apologies yeah so it's like i'm not going to expect that to, to come from him but he he draws out a, a thing that he's been working on yes now we have seen that for for a few episodes yeah. uh, uh, when when uh, matala the uh, the ilanic or the supposed ilanic yeah. uh, came on board and uh, dragged him around by his mivonks she saw that he was working on something on one of the workbenches in the maintenance bay. Could it be a Shilquin? Oh, okay. And that and was she his called like... it a Shilquin. Oh, okay. I haven't seen one in a while. Right. And it's, yeah, it turns out to be some sort of instrument. It looks like a bit like a, someone stuck a viola on a uh, big 
pogo stick or something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he sits down and he starts playing it for a pilot, I suppose. So beautiful. The sound is 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 great. It was like, yeah. I mean, it's got these strings that he's plucking, but it also sounded like it had like bagpipes yes. or like a like a theremin, like a theremisn't. No, that's <laughs> that's, that's nothing. But yeah, like a, a, a bit of a change actually from the little down uh, the the, the, the melancholy melancholy ep- endings of episodes. This was a little bit more uplifting, I thought. Uh, but then again, after an episode which was so. Well, miserable right. gen- in yeah. general, like misery. No, not miserable in the finding. It was a it miserable was episode. Spooky. It was horror. Yeah. It was it was terror and 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 confronting awful parts of themselves that uh, uh, they're probably a little bit ashamed of. So yeah, as a, as a palate cleanser, and what a gorgeous view we get of of pilot's den, which. Yeah. I mean, in, in staying with the the uh, space Burning Man theme, this is kind of the come down tent now. Ah, yes, it's where everybody <laughs> comes and hangs out and just sits there and chills a little bit with the uh, listening with to some Shilquin. quiet quiet music playing and yeah. dimmed lights and like. So, so yeah, a very different episode than we've than we've very had much before. So yeah. And this is what I love about about Farscape. Like, it's what I remember about the, the the first season that every episode was its own genre. And now we're doing oh, now we're doing western, and oh, now we're doing a, a, a melodrama, and now horror. Like, it was we a just bit of go a, anywhere. Was a, there was a little bit of body horror going on there, yes. So our game of Willy or Woody uh, is pretty easy to play. I've already the, made, I've yeah. already made my statement. Like the Willies was definitely how they were treating each other. That was so different from normal. There's like any. Yeah. any uh, any semblance of being a working a together to become or a crew, or, or, they were they were all manipulated. Well, the terrible three. It's, right. it's really just them. Everybody else was cool and, uh, and doing their best. Yeah. Although I wonder, like none of the rest were tempted in the same way. No. Would they have responded differently? Like, hmm, mm, yeah. Uh, uh, if John had found Earth and found that it was that it was uh, uh, nearby, would he have helped to cut Pilot's arm off? No, he wouldn't. Would he? They all act like the other people owe them something and it's like yeah yeah and it's okay, like yeah. apparently they expect all the others to not only take them back to the planet but then also help them or achieve something yeah. and i'm just saying like sure yeah we'll go to your planet first we'll drop you off and we'll go to that planet next we'll drop them off and at the end it's going to be me and moya and pilot thank you bye you know that seems like a good deal yeah Unless any of those planets are in peacekeeper territory and there's a significant chance of getting caught. Well, there was the the whole point of the map was to like get home and avoid oh, peacekeeper that's territory. Right, yeah. Wow. I wonder how navigation works. If if apparently territories aren't just huge swaths of do not enter space. Hey, maybe it is a case that like you can have lots and lots of overlapping yeah. uh, 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 empires because everybody owns a few stars and you can I mean, if, yeah, you, if maybe. you travel interstellar differences then you could just have interlocking empires and it's just which stars you own and which lanes are yeah. yours. I have no idea. I mean, there's no, there's, it's never mentioned, you know. And apparently doing a Moya Starburst is quite a unique ability to Leviathans. Yeah. So that whole jumping thing doesn't seem to happen for other people. Yes, that's that's also a very good point. Gosh, we have a lot more to discover. Damn, but yeah. Yeah, this has been an episode. Uh, 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 and honestly, even not even that much 
happened. Like there, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a, 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 a. The stakes weren't enormous. It no. was. A, it was very interpersonal. But we got so many pairings of characters, so many uh, uh, personality traits that we were discovering and being really carefully examined. Like fantastic job uh, it's it's almost kind of a shame that the writer only did the uh, did the one episode because i think yeah. tom blomquist blomquist that's why you know it there's a novelist called blomquist i was going to say this sounds like i'm sure that or, i've heard the name Inkvist. before i mean it's i think yeah. it's a swedish or norwegian name yeah could also be south african but mm. is there a lot of swedish and no uh, blomquist i don't know it sounds like blomkamp you're thinking of blomkamp. neil blomkamp the right filmmaker. yeah oh that must be yeah Speaking of body horror, hey, yeah. that was the director of uh, <laughs> District 9, where someone also gets turned into, in that case, a, a prawn. Weird, a weird alien, yeah. Not a pilot, but a prawn, yeah. Okay, but we still have a Woody to give. Oh. Mine's kind of Namtar. Oh. I, I mean, you was... did have the space nipple clamps. Okay, that's not necessarily my thing. Okay. It's probably someone's thing. I don't yuck any yums. That's what he in, what you're into. But like as a as an alien, he was he was huge and and he was he was menacing and he was charming. Uh and just the 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 sheer imagination of bringing a creature like that to life. Yeah. Wow. It did require a lot of coordination between yeah, the body actor and the uh the the mask actors and everything. And it actually took a long time to see those uh, bootlegs of his. Because like the first few scenes you you don't really see any of that, and it's only after a while when he starts walking around, and you go like, "Oh wow, he's got yeah. like weird, he's got like weird kangaroo legs." Yeah, it must uh, have been uh, it must have been very tricky to film because yeah, yeah, he is. You can tell from the way he's walking around that it's like yeah, it's. Well, a bit you of a can tell by the way I walk. <laughs> he's my walk. Wow, I'm a giant roof. Those, are, I mean, those are those are Australians, aren't they? The Bee Gees. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I thought they were. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you know that Namtar is backwards for Rat Man? Well, I do now. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? Isn't I mean, he doesn't look very ratty. Like I said, like my first thought was Green Goblin, but Grey Goblin then. Grey Goblin yeah. in this case. Yeah. Uh, do you have a Woody that you want to give to anyone? Well, no, I already gave a Willy, so. <laughs> We're going to have to work on our terminology. And that's the story so far, Scape. We'll see you next week with episode 110. They've got a secret where, Ooh. while inspecting access shafts, Dargo is flushed into space. The DRDs turn on the crew and Moya cuts off life support while the crew attempt to find the cause from a revived but delusional Dargo. Ooh. You can find us at SoFarscape on Twitter and Facebook and on SoFarscape.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. So, so Farscape, so good. So good.